Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we can start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option. And I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this should being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that today's guest is danielle and julie and Danielle and Julie, they are the founders of Foreplay Dating App. And before you guys get any ideas, let me give you some background. So Danielle and Julie, they were best friends from New York. They're both in the healthcare industry together. And they decided, you know what? I want to go on this dating app and I want to post a photo of us together And let's post this photo of us together. And on the profile, we could say, hey, if you and your awesome friend wants to go out with me and my awesome friend, swipe right. And they started to get this really great response. And they started to get all these people thinking it's so awesome. It's so cool. We get to grow in this group date together with you and my best friend. And it's so much fun. And they're like, you need to create something here. And then they were like, okay, let's create this dating app. And they named it Foreplay. And it's so cool because it allows dating to be safer. It allows dating to be more fun. It allows you to go with your best friend on a date and have, you know, more conversations, make it a little less awkward, make it more safe. And we go into so many things in this interview. It was such a fun one for me to do. So we go into what it's like creating a business with your best friend. How do you create those boundaries between your business and your friendship and make sure you still keep your friendship alive with the business? We go into if you haven't found this type of friendship yet, what advice they have for you. We go into how we can make dating safer. We go into all these different dating stories. We go into what gave them idea to create this app, how like the beginning was of this app and their idea and their thought process behind it and, and all the 
amazing things they've experienced from creating a bold name and how it helps to create a bold title for your business, for your idea. And we go into so much more. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this interview. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Danielle and Julie, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you guys. So I'd love to start about in your 20s. So tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. <laughs> Let's start there. Oh, wow. Well, wow. Danielle just exited her 20s. I just exited a month ago, and it's really scary. <laughs> it's like you don't have any excuses anymore to like just like fuck up it's like okay it's you this is the real thing now no no dress rehearsal in my 20s I think I had a I think I had a really rough 20s to be totally honest First, you had the roaring 20s I, I did <laughs> I think that graduating college I had a little bit of a quarter life crisis I definitely was kind of depressed not gonna lie like 23 24 like was when I started to feel like wait, what is life? Kind of these like existential crises like started happening. And I think that's pretty typical, like for a deep thinker to to have that sort of thing in their early twenties. But I had switched careers. I initially thought I was going to be a teacher after graduating from Penn State with an education degree and then switched gears and became a nurse and then became a nurse practitioner. So it was just a wild ride. And then became became a dating app co-founder. So (laughs) so it was kind of crazy. I dealt with a lot of personal stuff in my 20s a lot of like mental health stuff you know we can jump more into this later but just superficially I'll say I struggled with an eating disorder like for all of my 20s and then finally at 29 got treatment so as I said before 30s is it's the real thing now you know I left my 20s really like deciding to take care of myself so I could go into my 30s feeling confident and strong so that's where I'm at now I hi I'm Julie so I had a I would say my 20s were a little less roaring, but but still roaring, nonetheless. Um, <laughs> you had some rumbling in your 20s. I had rumbling. Stom- you had some stomach rumbling. I had some stomach rumbling, literally, <laughs> in my 20s. So I, similarly, I went to Penn State. That's where Danielle and I met. I was health policy and administration major, but um, knew that I always wanted to go into medicine to be a healthcare provider. I thought I wanted to go to med school, but after, you know, more thought and research decided that the physician assistant career was more in line with who I am. So similarly graduated and then had to take prerequisites to go back to graduate school to be a PA. That was difficult because I was living home, working, taking classes while all my friends were fresh out of college, living in major cities, having the time of their lives, dating. And I felt very behind the eight ball. Also, nothing is a guarantee. So I was doing all this not knowing if I was going to be getting into programs because the PA profession had become very competitive. So at 24, 24, yeah, 24, I was putting so much pressure on myself that I became physically sick. The doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. And then finally, my body started to show the, the physical pathology. So then I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. I was really sick, was down to like in my in 80, it was in the 80s pound wise, then became very self-conscious about dating and going out because I thought that I looked emaciated and awful. So that was really bad for my self-esteem. Then I went to my PA program, which was the best experience. I, I really loved being a student at Rutgers. I loved the faculty. I loved my classmates. It was awesome. And then I graduated and then, well, in the midst of graduating, I co-founded a dating app. <laughs> And now I am 29, living in New York City, and finally reaping the the benefits of everything that I work to um, achieve. And I guess we should also both say that we experienced so much dating in our 20s, which is ultimately like how Foreplay, our company, came to be. But I think both of us dated all kinds of people who taught us really like what we're looking for in a partner but I think both of us have kind of learned from all the people that we've dated in our 20s what we want what we want in life I also love that you just started I love how we just started with that because I feel like Danielle and I are two extremely outgoing 
like always laughing, having a great time, love meeting new people. And I think that surface level, you wouldn't know that we had so much adversity and struggles in our twenties. And I think a lot of people do struggle in their twenties. And so I love that we just opened up with all the things that we, yeah, that we struggled with. Like rather than starting with like, so tell us how pretty everything looks. Tell us the real shit and then we'll get, and then we'll get to the pretty part. <laughs> yeah, I always love to start with the real shit. Like I just love to start there because I think a lot of us are going through the same things in our twenties. We're going through shit show moments. And one of the, my goals with this show is just to be like, we all have them. Yeah, totally. we all have them. It's just, how do we navigate through them and use them to go to our next chapter of our thirties? Yeah. I would love to start like so when I think of a how we met story, I kind of think of, of like a couple or like a relationship or something, but I always like to ask like the how we met story for like friends and for like founders and like how like how their dynamic came together. And like, I'd love to know, like, did you guys start off being best friends? Did you always have this relationship? Is it something that grew over time? I'd love to know about like the beginning of your guys' relationship together. Yeah, we, so I'm a grade behind Danielle. Like I mentioned, we met at Penn State. So we were actually in the same sorority and there's something called Greek Sing, which is basically like a big talent show. And it's a sorority and a fraternity that get paired. And then you learn choreographed dances and songs and then you perform. But she's making it sound serious. It's actually not serious at all, unless you're me and take it seriously. But (laughs) 99% of people, it's not serious. And they make the pledges of every sorority and fraternity be the people who participate in Greek saying. So it's kind of like getting hazed, even though there's nothing bad happening other than like, you have to perform in front of a thousand people. Right. Like I certainly was like, I certainly was not like stoked about having to like dance to Pocahontas songs and like being put strategically in like the back left corner so that no one can see me. But Danielle, I learned recently volunteered to be the lead singer because Danielle's an amazing singer. So she was taking it seriously. <laughs> she, I was a grade above her. So she was like, why is there a sophomore like in Greek saying, I thought this is for the pledges. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, she, I, I, I chose to be in this. Yeah. She like begged. <laughs> she was like, please let me be the lead. She also won best lead singer that year. So thank God I, thank God I did it. So we met at Greek saying. Yeah. And I would say that Danielle is very lovable. So I think everyone was obsessed with Danielle in the beginning. And I just kind of like laid, like was like in the background, like chilling with like other people my year. And everyone was kind of just like flocking to Danielle. She was like the cool older girl. But once we had one conversation, we had one conversation and it was like, oh wow, we're like best friends. So our friendship was definitely immediate. I remember that we were like walking home from something and Danielle was like, I have never like opened up this much to someone like so soon as like a friend. So I think that we're extremely lucky. We have a very special friendship that from the beginning was very strong. And the friendship always comes first above being co-founders. Being in a business together is really difficult as best friends, but the most important thing when two best friends go into business with one another is to sit down and have a conversation about like, what are our values And how will we bring that into the company? And because we both value friendship so highly and connection, we're like, that will be part of the company culture. So it, it transcends. Wow. And what was that one conversation? Oh, the one where I opened up? The one that you're like, we're best friends. Like this is happening. Like that one first conversation. Do you remember what it was? Oh yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I think you said, I think she said something like, okay, so there was another guy who was in Greek. There was a guy who was in Greek saying, who was, he was John Smith and I was Pocahontas. (laughs) A true love story. (laughs) And I like loved him. His name was Steve. Shout out Steve. And I think, I think the conversation was Julie being like, have you guys boinked? And I was like, (laughs) and I was like, what's boink? Is that what the conversation was? No. I think that was the conversation. No, I was like, what's Boink? I love that. I think that that was our our first like conversation. I was like, I think Steve loves you and you love Steve. But our first- That's why I loved you so much because you told me Steve loved me. Yeah, but I think our first deep conversation was when we were walking and you were telling me about your high school boyfriend and how traumatizing that relationship was. And then you started telling me about how your parents felt about it. Mm. And you were like, wow, I've never been so honest and told anyone how my parents felt about it. Mm. And then you were like, I'm usually not this vulnerable with people. Mm. That was, I think, when we were like, oh, we're like bonded on a deeper level, Mm. but also the blanking. (laughs) (laughs) And do you guys think you did like any 
personal development work or any work in past like friendships or relationships or anything to make space for this one like do you guys think you were both ready for like this sort of friendship to come into play was there anything you guys think you did to attract this friendship or that is such an insightful question yeah that really is and I feel like we're in a relationship yeah right right right. (laughs) I I feel like but I feel like that's such an insightful question because it implies that there that everything in life is whatever challenges we face in life help us grow and help us to better facilitate like situations in the future I think that I had broken up with a boyfriend as Julie had mentioned like less than a year earlier and I think that maybe being in that vulnerable state was was part of the reason why I was able to feel so close to to a friend and I think for you like it was probably just the fact that you were to be completely honest it was probably just the fact that you were pledging a sorority and like wanted to be wanted to be friends with someone in the sorority and like feel like you were accepted yeah but I think that I think that truthfully, I think the reason why we are as close as we are, I'm being really nice to you today. So like, don't let your head no, get too I big. So nice to me today. <laughs> I have so many nice things to say about you today. I, I think it's because the weather just became so nice and I'm in Keep such going. a good mood. Don't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you meet somebody who's a good person, it makes you want to be a good person. And when you meet someone who's a good friend, it makes you want to be a good friend. Like my grandpa used to always say to have good friends, you have to be a good friend. And I, I think I have good friends from high school, but I think a big part of high school is like, you're having fun and you're young and you're being reckless and you're sneaking out to meet this boy and doing that. And in college, I think we address more of like mental health issues and self-esteem issues. Mm. And you're a little bit more vulnerable because you're living with these people. They're seeing you day in and day out. Yeah. So I think because Danielle really is such a good friend to me. Like I, I sent, I don't know if you saw, but I tagged you in something on Instagram the other day. That's like a meme of a, someone being like, I'm a strong, independent woman, but I'm also wrapped in this blanket right now. So can you please get me a glass of water? That's like literally how I am. I'm like, Danielle, can you, can you fetch me some coffee? And she like fetches it. (laughs) So I think when you have somebody who fetches your coffee, fetches your coffee and (laughs) When you have a friend who is, when you, when you meet somebody who is truly empathetic, sympathetic, like genuinely wants the best for you, then there's an obvious space for that person in your life because who doesn't want to be friends with somebody like that? And it makes you want to be that kind of friend for that person. And to someone who's maybe struggling to find that friend, yeah, what advice would you give them? That's a really good question. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and the thing is like that kind of friendship is very rare. And I think that when we're in our most, for me, I can only speak for myself, but I can understand how people who actually really, really need a friend like that are the people who have the most trouble having, having a friendship like that. Because I feel like for me personally, like in my worst of times is when I'm most isolated, like most isolated, most unlikely to connect because I'm feeling like I'm a burden. And so it's all about, it's all about just like chemistry. It's like, there's no good way to go about it. But if you come across somebody who there's chemistry with, it's like, you have to take that opportunity to connect because the lack of connecting is what makes you feel even worse and makes you feel even more alone. So it's like, you have to just seize the opportunity. If you feel like there's chemistry with a friend, to lean in. And I definitely have trouble with that. And I feel lucky that I did that, like with at least one person, with with at least one friend. And it was Julie and she's my closest friend. So, and I know that was like a kind of convoluted answer. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try to give, I'm going to try to give the best advice though. It's, that's a really good question and it's a difficult one to answer, but I'm thinking my sister always had a really hard time finding that connection. She's, she's nine years older than I am. And we've had deep conversations about this Mm -hmm. because she's always said to me, like, you're so lucky. You've always, you've always found good people to be friends with. And she's like, I always struggled. I, in, in middle school, I was never cool enough. I always wanted to be friends with the cool girls. And I never was in high school, the same thing in college. It's like, she always felt lost. And I think that a big part of her mental health probably is that she was missing that, that connection and having a hard time finding that friend. And I think that for people who are missing that, you have to stop trying to be somebody that you're not. And you have to stop trying to make that friendship happen with somebody who you're just genuinely not compatible with. I think that people, especially younger people, right? When you're like in 
middle school, high school, and in college, everyone wants to be quote unquote cool and accepted and popular. But what, what even, what does that even mean? Right. When you get older, like who cares who was popular in, in high school, it doesn't matter. You have to stop trying to fit where you don't fit and just be, I think you need to really know who you are and what you value in order to find that in a friend, the same way you need to really know who you are and love who you are in order to find that in a boyfriend or girlfriend or romantic partner. Mm -hmm. So I think that for someone who's searching for that kind of friend, you need to meet tons of people and just be who you are. And also you need to be a good friend because it feels good to be there for other people. And it feels good to be a good friend and to be recognized for that. And I think that attracts good friends because people want to do it back for you when you do it for them. The same way it happened with me and Danielle. And I find that so interesting that you guys met while she was like after she was going through a breakup, right? Because once you're going through a breakup, that's like an extremely hard place to be. So I wonder like having this sort of friendship while you guys were going through all these dating struggles, how that affected, like how that helped you through all the dating struggles and how that made it easier for you. I, I, I think that I was like, because of what I experienced and because of the way it affected me, I think because there was a lot of stuff with that breakup that was like not normal and I didn't know at the time and in a way was like traumatizing, but I don't think that I knew at the time that it was impacting me that way. But I think that when somebody sees that, then they're able as an outsider to identify in your next relationships that you're bringing some of that into it, that you're seeing through that lens. And I think that anybody, not only Julie, anybody who I was friends with at that time, I think has been able to spot when there's, when that baggage is like creeping in. And I don't say baggage in in a negative way. Like I just, just for the lack of a better word. And then there was another guy after that. And there was baggage with him too. And that breakup. And I think that that's also another time that I felt incredibly close to Julie, where I really needed somebody to lean on. And I shut most people out. But for somebody who I felt really, truly accepted by and didn't feel burdensome to, I was very open and honest about what a bad place I was in. And going through that breakup, I think, has has helped Julie to identify in my the next guys that I dated, like, no, no, you're bringing this in. And she'll, she'll like refer back to that. So I, I think that has, I think that plays a role. Yeah. And Julie, can I ask you a question about that? How do you, what gave you the permission to tell that to Danielle? Cause I feel like that's hard to say like, Hey, you're bringing this in or Hey, this is coming up again. Did you guys always have that just radically honest relationship or oh, that's for permission to do that? Or are you just like, I'm going to do it anyway? Incredible question. You're such a, you should be a therapist. Yeah. You're asking incredible <laughs> questions. This is like, this is like such a thought provoking yeah. conversation. It's hard. You know, it's hard to tell your friend because you're like, wait, is she going to get mad at me if I tell her the truth? You know, like, it's just. Well, I think there's a difference when a friend is saying something to you because they're jealous or resentful. And when a friend is saying something to you because they truly have your best interests at heart, Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty transparent with girls. We could be pretty catty. (laughs) So, I mean, when you're saying to your friend, like, I love you and I really don't want to see you like that upset again. So don't do this. It's like, I don't know. I feel like you never, you never got mad or like, I didn't ask you for your opinion because you're like, thank you for looking out for me. Yeah. I also think that if the balance is there of, I think that if there's always open communication, not just open communication when it comes to relationships, but it's, but it's always there and it comes in all forms, not only negative, but also positive, like also saying to one another, like, I'm really proud of you for X, Y, Z, which is something a lot of friends don't do. But because we also have that, that balances out the communication that's not as pleasant. Well, you guys have just such an incredible friendship. So I'm just like basking. Yeah, we're we're real, no, we really do. We're really, really, we're really fortunate. Yeah. And I, I, I feel, I feel like a little weird talking about it so happily because I know people will listen to this who don't have this. And it's like, yeah. And it's, it's special. We and know, we know it's special, yeah. but listen, it's not always like, you know, we're not like always like in love, but that's what's so <laughs> special about it. But that's what's so special right, about it. Right. You know, because we also like that we also sometimes can't stand each other. There are moments where it's like, why are you being a bitch? Why are you being a bitch? But 
but that's the beauty of the relationship is there's that open communication. Once you cross that line where you like try it one time, (laughs) you try try it one time. You try one time to call it. I'm going to say how I actually feel. And then like you do it and it's like, okay. (laughs) Then like, you're like, oh, I can do this regularly. (laughs) Well, I also think that I think the most important Thing in any relation I think I, I really value this and I try really hard in any relationship to do this is it's really important to try to see the other side the other person's perspective and not just your own because it, it's I don't know I just think it's it's necessary you have to see both sides and I think that a really unattractive quality is when people get defensive and I think if people could just be more open and okay with crit- constructive criticism, not just criticism, but constructive criticism and not get defensive and say, I'm sorry when they were wrong and not try to justify why they did what they did. I think that there would be more, there would be healthier friendships out there. Cause I think it's an important part of friendship is to be like, no, you actually are right. And I'm sorry. And would it be a deal breaker for you? Let's say one of them doesn't like a boyfriend. Like one of you guys don't like the other person's boyfriend. Like, is that one of your guys' deal breakers? I just feel like that would be, I just feel like that wouldn't happen (laughs) because anybody, I think because anybody that Julie, I think she has a really good, I think she's a good judge of character. Do you? Because you tell me that I love everyone. So I think once you get into it, you realize though, I think you, she has a hard time screening, but, (laughs) but once she gets into it three or four dates in then it's like the truth starts to come out. Like you see it more clearly. Because I leave every first date being like, what a sweet boy. He was so sweet. <laughs> and then like three dates later, it's like, he's the biggest dick. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like to to answer your question, yeah, I, I do think it would be a problem. <laughs> it would be a big problem. I do think it would be a problem if I didn't like, but I just don't think it would happen. And like, we've also discussed, we've also discussed like, if I had a boyfriend and you didn't like him, would you tell me? And Danielle has been like, no, I wouldn't tell you. That would be so messed up. But like, you kind of have to tell me. No, you don't because you, you don't. I don't, I don't think that you, I don't think that you tell. Unless, unless you think it impact, if I thought that it was going to impact you, that this person was, I'm getting a vibe that maybe he lies. And like, I, I, and I want to bring it up to her. Like, I kind of get the sense that he isn't honest. That would be another thing. But if it's just like, I don't gel with your boyfriend, like, that's an I don't I can't tell you you know so but with that said we always joke like my boyfriend's gonna be a version of Dooley and Dooley's boyfriend's gonna be a version of me so we're definitely gonna get along (laughs) what do you Sophia what do you think do you would that be a deal breaker for you if if your best friend didn't like your boyfriend most likely yeah yeah would you want to know I would want to know yeah I would want to know why just so like if it's something I'm missing or something I'm not paying attention to, I'd want to know why. That's a really interesting, you added something to that, that I think makes a big difference. You want to know why. why? You don't just, because the why. Because the be why is important. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't want to know if you don't like my boyfriend, but I want to know why you don't like my boyfriend. Right. And I think if you really trust your friend's insight, then it, it might be incredibly helpful to know why. Would you tell someone, would you tell a friend if you didn't like their boyfriend? Yeah. If there was a valid reason, <laughs> if there's a valid reason that I'm worried about her and her heart, then yes, I would tell her. But if right. it's something just with me, just like I just don't like his personality or something, then I wouldn't tell her that. Right, right. Because it could just be like a quirk that you don't like. And then if it's just the quirk, it's like, well, I'm not going to tell you that I hate that he speaks that way. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't matter. I'm not going to tell you that I think he's annoying. But if it's something that's important that I think could like actually like down the line have implications. actual implications. Yeah. 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 And I'd love to know, like going back to like your friendship is like the first thing for your company too. I love to go into like that dynamic of like bringing a friendship and doing the company together. And like, when you guys got this idea, did you always know it was going to be together or did one of you guys come up with it? Or was it like you guys together came up with this idea? How did that all evolve? It was all together from the very beginning because it started with the two of us creating before we ever knew that foreplay would exist. Like before it was even a twinkle in our eyes we had started a a joint dating profile on a very well-known dating app. We were like, let's make a profile that's the two of us. (laughs) So we made it the two of us and we wrote, swipe right if you and your awesome friend want to double date me and my awesome friend. And 
we made the name rather than it being like Danielle Dietzik, we signed up with the name like Danielle, we, we changed my profile, the name like Danielle and Julie. <laughs> so that was how it all started. And when that response was so incredible, then we decided to make the app. So there was never a question whether or not we do it together because the idea was born between the two of us and the proof of concept happened between the two of us. Like it, it all from the very beginning was the two of us. And did you attract any weird guys by doing that? Because I'm sure like not all of them were normal. But Totally, totally. There were some weird guys. There were some guys, one guy said, what if I just want the hot one? Yeah. And that was, and I got into it with him. <laughs> and I ultimately got him to say that he would be lucky enough to date both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, okay, fine. Okay, fine. I have a friend. And I was like, is your friend the hot one? <laughs> I said something like, is your friend hotter than you? We definitely attracted some, some weird guys. Some guys definitely thought it was a threesome, um, <laughs> which it was not. So one, like, like guys were like, oh, can I have you both? But then we also attracted a lot of really cool guys yeah. who were like, I have a friend, like, let's start a group chat. And then we did and we went on a double date. So that was when we knew it was that we were on to something. Like this, like normal people will do this. And like, did you guys ever think like the dating app, like there's so many dating apps out there, like why create another one? Or like, what was there? Is there anything that like really pushed you guys? Like this has to happen now? Or how was that whole process? Yeah. So I was sending the screenshots to my family because I thought it was hilarious that we had like dozens of guys in the first week, like asking us out. So I was like, how cool am I? My brother really was like, you need to make this an app before somebody else does. Like, this is an amazing idea. Like this is the proof is in the pudding. You're having guys, uh, one guy actually said, you need to make this an app. So my brother was like, if you don't, somebody else will. So you, you have to do it. Danielle was really reluctant at first because she was already working as a nurse and also part-time as a nurse practitioner. And she was like, I, I don't want to, to do this. Like it's a pipe dream. And I was getting excited about it because I, like I like to take on more than I can. <laughs> <laughs> I like to bite off more than I can chew. It's called Capricorn. Yeah, I'm such a Capricorn. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, no, maybe we should, maybe we should. I started investigating everything. And then my brother was like, you girls should call it foreplay. F-O-U-R. And when I came home and told Danielle that she was like, oh my God, I'm in. Like that was like the selling point for her. So it, really, if it wasn't for my brother pushing, I we would not have. We would not have done it. Yeah. But after we started it, that's when we had to answer that question you're asking. Like we started thinking, well, if you're going to be a new business, you have to be able to say why you should exist. And it can't just be, well, it's fun. Um, and that's when like the wheel started turning. So after we started taking it a little bit more seriously, we started doing some more investigation into like the safety of dating. And like Julie dug kind of deep into finding like all these stats about women and dating and STIs and dating and like the disproportionate number of dating related violent acts that happen um, to women. And that's when we realized that like safety was, was, a big piece of foreplay that made foreplay urgent that made it something that needs to happen now yeah there are, and there are tons of dating apps there's like over 2500 dating apps so we were waiting into a pretty saturated market but when you have a name like foreplay <laughs> you feel pretty confident you feel pretty confident and and no one that no one that we've come across thus far right now into like in this moment is doing an exclusively double dating app for for single friends I love to go into the name for a little bit. So that's a bold name. And I love bold names. Like I love the bolder, the better. Like I think fortune favors the bold. So I would love to go into like, were you guys ever worried? Like, are people going to get the wrong idea? Are people going to be yeah. turned off by this name? Like, I'd love to go into like your guys' strategy behind like the branding and the name. Absolutely. Yeah, I think foreplay is the kind of name where if you're gonna call it foreplay, then you have to make sure that nothing else is sexual. Nothing else. Everything else has to be like very explicitly like- Wholesome. Wholesome, yeah. Like if you're, with a name like foreplay, you have to say the tagline- can't can't be can't, do it buddy style can't be do it buddy style because we came up with some with some taglines and I was like I love do it buddy style but then we were like but we can't because we can't do foreplay and do it buddy style because then it's like this is an orgy app so we have to, we had to make sure that we say foreplay team up with your single friends and double date other pairs <laughs> like right like we have to we have to say it like that and I think that it all depends it, it is kind of awkward sometimes like depending on who we're pitching like 
I feel like sometimes writing an email to like a journalist who's in their 50s feels really uncomfortable and writing an email to a a TikToker in their 20s who I want to do a sponsored post like feels really I feel really confident so it all depends who I'm talking to and I it it go I go into more detail with like how wholesome we are and how safety is a piece of foreplay with the people who I think the name might offend to be totally honest yeah I mean it's a it's a Super Bowl name my sister was like I don't I like it I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe you're like putting out the wrong vibe and like people are going to take it the wrong way. And maybe you guys should reconsider. But the response that we get from people when we say foreplay, we were in a, um, an equity free accelerator pod. So we meet every once every few weeks with other companies and, you know, have conversations about how we're doing and things we're struggling with and strategy. And when we did our intros on the first meeting, Danielle and I introduced our company like second or third. And then some other guy, like a few people after us went and he was like, I would just like to say that I can't believe I'm sharing a pod with the best named company in the entire world. <laughs> so like you have people who are like, that's brilliant. And like, you know, I have foreplay on my other dating profiles and guys will say foreplay is the greatest name in the entire world. So I, I mean, it's not going to resonate with everyone. It will turn people off, but we try really hard to brand ourselves in a not overly sexual way. And I'll also just add one more thing. When it's spoken and when it's written, it has a completely different connotation. When it's written and and it and the person who's reading it is able to see that it's F-O-U-R-P-L-A-Y, I feel like it's so different from when we're saying on the phone with somebody. So our so like we created an app called Foreplay. And so we always make sure, at least I do, that when I'm introducing it, I say, so I created a double dating app. It's called Foreplay. Instead of saying I created an app called Foreplay, because I feel like if I say that first, then they don't hear anything that comes after it if Foreplay makes them uncomfortable. So if I start with saying it's a double dating app named Foreplay, they heard double dating app, they get the double entendre, and it just feels, it, it just goes more smoothly when it's spoken. And do you guys always know that like we have to be careful how we say it we got to be careful how we write it like we need to make sure that the right de- idea comes across or did someone like point that out to you or did you just have that knowing that you have to be specific we, we, I, think I think we, we knew know. from day one yeah, yeah. only because her her brother and sister are her brother and sister are both religious so they were seeing it from that from those eyes so they told us like it from the very beginning though be my, careful though my religious brother named came, it came up with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like can you take us into like the experience like if I'm a user on foreplay like what is it like for me what is like the whole experience like what is one of your guys's goals behind it like how do you think involving like a friend and involving this gives it like a totally different and more fun dynamic than like you know using bumble right it's totally different I mean I think every dating app has its own personality and its own goal and you go on and I the the average single person on a dating app is using 2.5 dating apps. I don't know where the 0.5 comes from. That's the average. So most people are not when you, on- When you download it and then delete it. And then, and then delete. re-download it. <laughs> <laughs> so the majority of single people on dating apps are on more than one, right? And so what motivates you to open up Hinge one day instead of Bumble? You know, you're looking for something different. So the way that foreplay works is you'll download it from your app store and you start onboarding. So you create your personal account. We have been told by so many people that they love our onboarding experience because our questions are worded in such a fun conversational way. It's not formal. It's like we tried so hard to make it to put a a fun, lighthearted spin on something that's taken so seriously, dating and finding love. So the questions aren't like, you know, what's your highest level of education? The question is, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And every answer that comes after that is a, yes, I am. Like it's despite, it's, despite like what your level of education is, everything is said affirmatively. Right. Like you're like, not, hell yeah, I have a GED. Right. Like you're not better than someone because you have a master's degree and that person just has a high school diploma. Like that's, that doesn't make you better. Right. So we tried really hard to word all of our questions and phrase every answer in a way where it's a positive affirmation. Like, like, hell yeah, I have a professional degree or you bet I have a high school diploma, like sure thing, whatever, whatever. So I, we've watched a bunch of people download and make their account and, and, laugh. 
and they love the questions and we've gotten uh, user feedback. That's like your questions are the best part. Like it's, it's so fun. So you answer those questions. It's your own account. You invite your friend, your friend will make their own account and then your team and you swipe through the app the way you do on any other dating app. You're each doing it on your own devices from your own account. And if your teammate has liked the other team, there will be something on the team's photo that says teammate approved. So you know that your teammates already down to go out with them. So if you try to swipe left, it'll prompt you to reconsider and to be a wingman. And if you swipe right and the two other people swipe right, it'll create a match where you have a group chat within the app and coming soon, a group video chat. So the four people can video chat. And then you have, you know, you have fun, you chat, you banter, you plan a date. And what's nice about our app is that it's totally free and you can make an unlimited number of teams. So you can be a team with every single friend that you have and your single cousins and your single coworkers and everything. And I think aside from the obvious, which is that the, the dating profile has two people on it. I think um, a more nuanced difference between foreplay and the, a foreplay profile and other profiles is that on foreplay, you're seeing a dynamic relationship between two friends on their profile. So they're uploading pictures of the two of them or videos of the two of them. And so you're seeing who a person is in relation to their friends. And you're seeing like what they do for fun, how they treat one another. And whenever they write their about us and what we're looking for, that's the best part. That's how you see like who people are in the context of the world and not just in the vacuum of a dating profile, you know? So that's what we like about, about the, the pictures profile. are so endearing. Like <laughs> there are so many people who their profile, like one of the profile pictures is a picture from when they were little kids, yeah. like in like preschool together. And it's like, Oh, that's so cute. They've been friends for like 20 plus years. Yeah. Like that's so cute. And like grown men, like piggyback riding with each other and like hugging. And it's, I feel like it's a way for people to kind of like soften up a little bit and not have to like try so hard with like the shirtless gym, gym mirror selfie, you know? So I think the picture, I think it's really endearing. And I'm sure you guys have seen like so many dating profiles and I'd love to know like some, what are some good ones that you've seen? What are some tips that you have for making your dating profile like stand out? What are some bad ones that you've seen? I don't like the whole dating profile to be jokes. I don't like, and there's this fad in dating where you, you, you have to be funny. It's like, you're like, funny is the thing to display on your profile. That's, that seems to be the most popular type of profile. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily like that. I feel like people, then people force jokes and the same jokes are used over and over again. You know, I see the same joke on every, uh, on like 50% of guys profiles. I feel like it's more unique and less boring to actually write on your profile who you are in a not joking way. One or two of the answers can be jokes, like, you know, but I I think for something to be a real answer is important. And that's, that's my opinion. So when I say, like, I I don't necessarily know I would give that as a tip because I don't think that everybody likes that. But in my, in my experience, I don't like swiping on someone who doesn't have anything real on their profile because then I don't know who you are. Yeah, I think, a good profile is one that has a balance of humor and seriousness, but the seriousness, not in a way where it's like, oh my God, you're so serious. And this is like an overwhelming answer where you're writing a novel about what makes for a great relationship. Like that, that can come off a little bit strong. Um, But I think a balance between being humorous and being serious, I think that you do, do yourself a disservice when your answer is one word. So give it a little bit more thought than that. And the cheesy answers of like what I order for the table, like one on hinge, you have prompts and you can answer questions. And one is like what I order for the table. And so many guys write everything. And it's like, you don't order everything for the table. So choose a different, choose a different question to answer. Like it's, 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 it's not like attractive. I would also say, and this is a personal preference, but everyone that we talk to seems to agree try to avoid the mirror selfie. It's not, a, it's not a good look. The shirtless mirror selfie. There are other ways to take a selfie. If you need to take a selfie because you don't have a picture of yourself, it's called photo booth. Open up your <laughs> computer, open up photo booth and take a nice picture. The mirror selfies are just, for me, <laughs> uh, they make me uncomfortable, especially if the mirror is dirty. I think that I would say another 
tip that I would give is to have a mix of solo pictures and pictures with friends. I think it's important for people to see the kinds of people that you associate with and hang out with because you are the sum of the seven, five or seven people that you hang out with. So it is an important thing to see, but don't have every picture be a group picture where we don't know which one you are. So I would say the first picture on the profile should be a solo or one where it's very obvious. And then the subsequent picture should have a mix of solo pictures and group, which is why foreplay is nice because you get to see, you get to see, you know, friends interacting. Any other things that you think can think of? No filters. Please don't use filters on your pictures. Are like photos like a make or break for you? Like let's say his photos are kind of not there. Like is that a make or break for you for swiping left or swiping right? If I can find him on the internet, no. It's not a make or break. If he has limited, if he has a limited number of photos and I can't find him on Instagram or Facebook either, that is an automatic swipe left for me because then I'm, I'm like, do, who are you? Are you actually who you say you are? If I can't verify it, that's a problem for me. That's a hard question because I, the, not the, not their look, their look isn't necessarily a make or break, but the quality of their photos, like, did they put any effort into it? kind of is a make or break unless their answers are incredible and their personality is incredible then maybe I would reconsider but I'm not going to take the time to go off of the app to search them on Instagram like that's that's way too much effort um there's thousands thousands and thousands of other people on the app like I can't believe you even do that well I do it with my matches with your matches but that so that so then the, the photo isn't a deal breaker for you because you match with I them. still swipe yeah but as far as going on a date I would need to to verify that they're a real person if they only had like one or two pictures I would be like let me just make sure you're real and not actually 70 in your mom's basement have you guys ever experienced like dating burnout like from just going through all those different profiles and dating apps and what advice do you have for someone who's feeling like really burnt out of this dating in general Danielle is coming off of a burnout right now so she could probably answer this one best yeah uh, someone t- someone at work said it to me so so well she was like it's a numbers game I know it feels like you're going to burn out. I know it's a lot of work. She was like, but if you want a relationship, like the more people you date, the more likely you are to find one. So like just hire your proper probability by, by, by just doing it. So, um, that's the best advice I can give because I'll be completely real with you. I only got off of my burnout last night. yesterday probably it's like the last week that I've just been like oh my god I really just gotta do it but I totally get the burnout thing it's like you know feeling rejected for just your profile is is a terrible feeling and then you know also the the time that it takes to check in on the app it's like another job so the burnout thing is so relatable but I think that if you really want a relationship you have to date and if dating apps aren't, dating apps aren't necessarily the way to do it. Um, but if you do look at it like a numbers game, it's a good way to get a lot of numbers in, but you know, it doesn't have to be dating apps, but if you're interested in a relationship and you don't want to use dating apps, then you will have to, I think, then make more in-person conversations with strangers, like practice talking in the elevator to people just so that like you're open to meeting someone. Yeah. If you're feeling burnt out, then just don't go, don't open the apps. I mean, I, I definitely have swings of, of feeling like I, I have no more capacity for dating. I don't delete the app. I don't delete my account. I just don't open it until I feel like I actually want to go on a date. If I'm not in a place where I actually want to go on the date, I don't think it's worth it to go on the app and have a conversation that's forced that I'm not even excited about. If you're not excited to go on the date, then, then don't go on the date. Because you're just going to, you're going to be disappointed probably. You ha- It's all about the mindset that you have when you go into the date. So if you're feeling burnt out, it's okay to take some time off. I do it all the time. It's like this week is not the week that I want to be on the dating apps. It's I'm not, I don't feel it. And then you, and then you open them up again. And then it's like, okay, now I'm excited to like, see who's in the queue, who right. liked me or, or see what right. profiles I come across. And if, you have, if you have that energy, you'll seize it. Right. Right. But what's nice. And then like, just to cheaply plug our app is that our app isn't necessarily for finding love. I was talking about this with someone last night. We market ourselves as a dating app because that's what people know. It's familiar. But foreplay is really more about giving singles the opportunity to be social. So on our app, you're not matching two people together with two other people and going on a formal double date like that. You're going on a basically a group date where it's 
four people who are all single, who all said via a swipe right, yeah, I'm down to meet you and see what, what the vibe is. And there might be two people or there might be four people that on that date are vibing and they're like, wow, I want to go on a, a more romantic one-on-one with you. Like let's cha- exchange numbers and let's go out. That's awesome if we can facilitate that. But there's also a chance that the four people will not find love and they'll just have a good night and think you guys were awesome. Like we should hang out Why again as friends. Yeah. yeah. So for, for us, for foreplay, our emphasis isn't on finding love. Our emphasis is on giving singles the opportunity to have foreplay, which is what comes before the romantic date? Is there even chemistry there in real life? So it's a chance for people to just meet in a safer way. And when you guys are using the apps, do you like try to go on a date right away? What do you do so like the conversation doesn't fizzle out like automatically? Julie and I are so similar in this way. It's like, let's just go on the date. Like, like we don't, we don't want to have small talk. We don't want to text. Let's just meet. So I'm all for the, like, just being straightforward and asking to meet in real life. Yeah. I'm the same way. I have a, I want to have like five or six back and forth yeah, to yeah. see if, if they can like keep up with the banter and if they like have something to bring to the table. But after like five or six, it's like, oh, let's grab a drink. Yeah. I don't need to have small talk. It's, it's a, it's the worst. Yeah. It's really the worst. We can small talk on the date. And what's something that you guys do to make dating safer? So personally in our own personal dates or, um, as a business, so just any tips, like how can we make dating safer? Like, yeah. Um- yeah, I think a way to make dating safer, whether or not you use foreplay, is to bring a friend. Like if like do a double date if if you're comfortable with it. I mean, not everybody is. Not everybody likes double dates, but that's you know the buddy system is obviously like the most the most tried and true way. And then I think sharing a location is a smart thing to do. Letting a friend know like, hey, I'm going on a date. I'm sharing my location. And then always text texting a friend when you get home like. Last night I called, I had a date last night. I called Julie after the date. She was like, let me know when you get home. I think a good friend should ask that to their other friend for, for women, especially a, a friend should ask to their other friend. Let me know when you get home per, from your date. I also think it's really telling when the guy doesn't tell yeah. me to let them like, yeah, I've had dates where the guy says like, just let me know when you get home or he'll just text me. Did you get home safely? Right. And other guys that don't even think to do that. Yeah. And that's also really telling. Right. I totally agree. I totally agree. Sharing your location is definitely a good one. I would recommend sharing for 20, I guess, well, I guess you could do sharing unlimited time. But when I was in grad school going on dates in su- in the suburbs in New Jersey, I was sharing my location for 24 hours with my friend, like my close friends when I was going on dates so that they could see where I was. Also, I think that saying no is a big thing of being safe. Like if you don't want to go back to the person's apartment or if you don't want to go to the next bar for a second drink, like say no, mm-hmm. it's okay. And I would say another thing is I would be really mindful of your drink. If you're on the date alone and you're going to the bathroom and leaving your drink, you just don't know. You don't know what people are really capable of. So I would try to finish the drink before you go to the bathroom. And then also, I think the healthcare provider in me wants to also point out that if you're the type of person who like is interested in possibly sleeping with someone on the first date, then you got to have a condom with you. (laughs) Like that's something that's really important. Also, as far as safety goes, like there are, do you want to tell her the statistic about women? Oh, there's a crazy statistic. It's like of the women who have sex on the first date, 35% don't wear a condom. Yeah. And I think that probably comes from like preparedness lack of preparedness and so I think like for us being first and foremost healthcare providers (laughs) before before being dating app co-founders is like making it known that that's an important thing in the world of dating um, as far as like adverse outcomes go STIs unwanted pregnancies like it's important to be safe sexually and how were you guys ever worried like starting this business together like is this going to affect our relationship or is this going to affect our friendship and like what advice do you have someone who's maybe kind of looking at their friend and like looking to get like start this company together and they're like thinking about it but maybe they're worried about the relationship or how it's going to go I think yes we were worried yes we were worried we st- we still are worried sometimes we still do have conversations sometimes we check in and say like are we okay like and sometimes we check in and say, like, we haven't been friends in a while. Like, let's be friends tonight. Like, let's get a drink. So it's crucial to separate the friendship from the business. Something that we do is we have our 
iMessage and we have our WhatsApp and they are exclusively used for friendship and business respectively. So if I call Julie on WhatsApp, she knows that the conversation is a work conversation. If I call her on my, my regular iPhone, it's a friendship conversation. And we do not cross those lines ever. Like those are strict, strict things. And Sometimes- when, and when Danielle accidentally texts me something, I will respond back being like, don't ever do that. Yes, again. <laughs> please never text me again. About business. Sometimes we hang up the phone with foreplay stuff, like on WhatsApp, and then we call back. And it's on regular phone. It's like, hi, (laughs) how are you? So I think like being really, really strict with boundaries between those two relationships. I think if any two friends are thinking about going into a business, don't do it unless you can be 100% honest with that person. Yes, You have to, the communication is the most important piece. And I think the reason why a lot of friendships are ruined from going into business together is because people can't be 100% honest. So they bottle things up and then become very resentful yeah. and then it becomes like an explosive fight. So Danielle and I, when things are bothering us, we will have a very open and honest conversation. Like we've had multiple conversations where Danielle has been like, I feel like I'm working for you and not with you. And I feel like I'm not a co-founder. And I've had conversations where I've been like, you know, I tried to be more mindful of that. But now I feel like you are really bossy and not letting me make any decisions. So like, you know, they're awkward conversations to have. Well, let's not forget. Sorry, go ahead. But you can go ahead and finish. No, go ahead. What were you saying? I was going to say, let's not forget that like when you're a professional anywhere, you are going to need to have conversations with your employer or with your like coworkers about like professional things. And you're going to need to confront your employer at some point. This happens like to everybody in their job and say, I'm not pleased with X, Y, Z, or like, I need to grow in this way. So you need to do that in any job. But if you can't do that in your friendship with the person, then you're definitely not going to be able it's like the first time you're going to have that conversation is like when you have a business together, like you need to be able to have those conversations professionally. But you, if you're going to do, if the person's going to be your friend that you're going into business with, then you better make sure that you can have that kind of conversation in your friendship first. Yeah. I would say any person considering should first right now think, okay, well, have Danielle and I had confrontation and how did we handle it? Or um, do I feel like when Danielle does this to me, I can confront her or would she get defensive? Those are important questions to have because it, it ruins a lot of friendships. We certainly don't want it to ruin ours. So we try really hard to be very honest about it. And when she gets defensive, because she will get defensive, how will I handle that? <laughs> do I get defensive? No, me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I love how you guys talk about like having those boundaries, like having like WhatsApp for this and having like your text messages for this. Like, did you have all these systems in place at the beginning or was this like a trial and error thing? No, it was bleeding into our friendship. We were, Danielle was in the beginning, not as into the, not as into the uh, startup as I was. And Mm. so she was like, I feel like every conversation is foreplay. I feel like everything is foreplay. Every time you're calling me, I like don't want to pick up the phone. Yeah. It's always foreplay. Yeah. She was like, I pretty much, you said that you were like, I don't want to like answer the phone because it's like, is this going to be another foreplay call? It's going to be my friend. So then we were like, okay, why don't we separate it so that we know when I'm calling you, you know, okay, we're going to talk friendship or we're going to talk business. So it made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would highly recommend doing it like doing it this way. It, it made a big, big, big difference for us. Yeah. Like if we were working the entire day, for example, this happens all the time. We're working the entire day on foreplay. We're so exhausted, burnt out by 6 PM. Julie goes home back to her apartment. If we didn't have the system in place, then if I needed to call her at 7 PM, because I was upset about a boy, then she probably would think I was calling about foreplay and not answer. But because we have the system in place, she sees that I'm calling her from the real me and not from the WhatsApp me and she answers the phone. So so that's, that's the way it works for us. How do you guys balance it all? Are you guys still working as healthcare providers right now and doing foreplay at the same time? We're both working part-time. That's, that's what's great is that working in healthcare has afforded us a life where we can do two to three days a week at our healthcare jobs and still fund our business. And I think we're really, really lucky that healthcare providers get compensated so well in New York City and that we're able to do that. Do you have any tips who wants to do like, wants to be able to like start their business and keep their full-time job or like any like tips for like managing them both? 
I think block scheduling is really effect, an effective way of managing your time. So uh, every Friday, I create our block schedule for the following week so that we know, okay, from this hour to this hour, I'm working on this. And from this to this, I'm doing that. I did that when I was in my PA program, and it was a really effective way to study and stay on top of all the work. I think block scheduling is huge. I was able to work full-time and do the business for a while, but it will catch up with you. And it, it will be really hard. People say like, you can't, you can't work full-time and do that. And you can do it if you can do it. But if you're looking for outside funding, if you're going to be raising capital from other people, they're not going to want you to be working at your job full-time, unfortunately, because they're giving you their money. So they want to know that you're committed to the project. So it, my advice would be if someone's looking to take outside investors, then they're going to have to probably go part-time with their job or leave it. I'd love to go back to like, you feel like I'm working for you versus working with you. Like, how are you guys conscious of, like, your guys' relationship and not making, like, a different power dynamic or, like, keeping the power dynamic even? There's always a power struggle. That's natural. That's always going to happen. I think whether you have an excellent working relationship or a poor one, that's always going to happen. And again, I know we keep saying this, but communication is like the most important thing because those sort that power struggle is something that's like, I think, reflexive and like uh, subconscious. So to have communication is to have my co-founder saying to me, you need to be cognizant of what you're doing right now. But also we delineated roles. Yeah, delineating roles is so important. important. We were like both trying to do both everything. And then that's where the, that's where it felt like uh, you're bossing me around. Now we both have identified our strengths within the company and we are, we each manage those roles. So you feel like you have more independence, but then you collaborate. So it's like Danielle saying to me, what do you think about this meme? And me being like, I actually love that, but can you maybe change this? And where she used to get really pissed off because I would be micromanaging the entire meme. (laughs) Now it's like, she feels like she has ownership over that and is asking me my advice. And ultimately she can do what she wants. Yeah. And also there are times that like, I want to take on Julie's responsibilities to like help out or she wants to take on mine to like help out. And just saying like, actually, I would love your help on this. (laughs) Like I actually, I appreciate that you're offering to help me on this, but let's keep this my role or her saying to me, like, I'm going to keep this my, I'm going to own this. Thank you for offering your help, but I'm going to own this so that we like really stay true to that. And like, that's, that's how the, that's how we minimize the power struggle too. And right now, where is foreplay available at? We are only in New York city right now. Um, hoping to 50 grow miles from New York. 50 miles from New York city. So we've, we've got a ton of New Jersey, Connecticut people also. And we are in the app store and in Google play. We're also on social media. So we have an Instagram at- account for play social, and we have a TikTok account, which is for play underscore dating app. And we're hoping to grow nationally and ultimately internationally. We have big dreams. Yeah. City so by city. We have an amazing wait list right now with thousands of people on it. So if you are not in 50 miles from New York city, but you're interested in foreplay, then definitely visit our website, foreplaysocial.com or download the app and join our wait list. And basically a rat race. So whichever city can show some momentum next will be the next city we open in. And right now it's looking like that's going to be LA. Wow. I'd love to ask you guys a couple more questions. I want to know, what are you learning right now? And it could be anything, in business, in life, anything. I think you're learning a big thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am learning that it's okay for not everybody to like me. I I haven't, I I have like, I didn't come to that until very recently. So I'm learning about that and what that means and how, how to actually behave in accordance with that philosophy. That's new. (laughs) And I'm learning, I'm trying to implement what I'm learning, which is that it's okay to express your needs dating And you don't have to just be easygoing and brush everything off as like, oh yeah, it's no problem. It's okay. I'm learning that if you want to have a good foundation in a relationship, you can't pretend that you have no needs because it's just not realistic. You're human. So I'm trying to be more okay with not being the most easygoing or like the chillest person to date, which is hard for me, (laughs) but I'm trying. And I have a final question for you guys. If you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what advice would you give her? 
Wow. Love that question. My 20 year old self was so wrapped up in superficial things and I was putting so much value on the way that I looked and my body, like the way my body appeared and the way that just uh, like all vanity and it created some really unhealthy patterns, like habits. And if I could go back to my 20 year old self, I would have wanted to explore the other beautiful things about me and like give those things airtime so that by the time I got to 30, I would have been really confident in those things. And what happened was I, I started, I went into treatment for an eating disorder. And when I came out, I learned that like, I'm in a much larger body now. So now in a larger body, I don't know any of those things because I wasn't giving any of them airtime. I was just like, I I was only focused on vanity. And so now I'm forced into learning the other things, but I wish that I would have learned them then the things I liked about myself so that I would still have them and still value them by the time I got to 30 and was living in a larger body. I would have, you know, I would be confident still. So a long-winded answer, but that's mine. I think for me, I would tell my 20-year-old self that I'm not Atlas. Like I don't have the weight of the world on my shoulders and I shouldn't have the weight of the world on my shoulders. And that I'm not, that like you're you're not responsible for, for appeasing everyone. And you have to make time for yourself and your mental health or you will burn out. So- I would tell myself that it's okay to be selfish. Sometimes it's okay to say no. And it's crucial that you make time for things that you enjoy doing. What about you? What would you I'm tell you? funny right now. So oh, so listen, listen closely, girl. You are yeah, the, I've been listening very closely. You are the most mature 20 year old I've ever met in my yeah, life. You really are. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, I love how you said giving it airtime. If there's any way, can you go like a little bit further into airtime and what you mean by that? Yeah. I feel like there, we, I feel like there's so much that we all have to offer other than the way we look. And yet we spend so much energy on the way we look. And then it, it, and then there's very little bandwidth for like everything else, like, or maybe there's not very little, but there's less than there should be like all that other stuff, like should have more time to be, what's the word expressed. So something that I started doing is I named every day of the week a certain value of mine and something that I, a value of mine that I like, a value of mine that I think other people look up to. So it's like Monday is empathy, Tuesday is friendship. Like I named each day of the week. And on that day of the week, I look at the value of that day and I make sure to embody that value and I think in doing so, it's growing my confidence and it's it's allowing me to like who I am and understand what I stand for and how that is like a positive influence for other people's lives. Like how I, what I bring to the world and what I bring to my friendships and my relationships and my patients and people that I just even meet in passing. So I think that's a way to give the stuff airtime is even just noticing it on just one day of the week, noticing something you like about yourself and expressing it throughout that day. I love that. I love you guys. You guys are so cool. I'm like in shock right now that you're 20. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's going to be our conversation for the rest of the day. Like, yeah, like if you can have these kind of insightful thoughts at yeah, 20, you, like you're going to write a book by 30. I didn't even, I, to be totally honest with you, I just did not listen to one word that Danielle said. I was, ju- I was just thinking in my head that, I am talking to somebody who is going to be so successful. You are extremely bright. You're extremely insightful. I think you're, you know, the questions that you ask and the, and the tone of your podcast is awesome. And 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 the thoughtfulness behind it. Yeah. You're incredible. Big fan. You guys, I mean, so much to me. And I just love doing this. Like it's so much fun for me because I get to get asked you guys questions, any question I want really. Like, and you guys are open to it and you guys are just so receptive and open and like, let's see where it goes. So it's a two-way street. So I really love that you guys like showed up and you showed up honestly and you showed up in like your friendship dynamic. And yeah, this is a beautiful experience. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for doing this. And where can we find you online? So um, we're on Instagram, foreplay social, and we're on TikTok, foreplay underscore dating app. That could change. 
but for now that is our name. Um, <laughs> and like I said earlier, we're in the app store and, um, and Google play. Yeah. And our website is foreplaysocial.com, F-O-U-R-P-L-A-Y social.com. And immediately when you go to the website, you can sign up on the wait list. So like Julie said, it's kind of a rat race for like, who's going to be the next city. So we encourage people to sign up because the sooner we can get to like our threshold, we'll open there. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.